My name is Luke Taylor, and I love wine. There are so many reasons why I love wine. A favorite wine can be associated with a particular time, place, or memory. That's the thing. With great food and great wine, it meshes into our life experiences. When it comes to wine, the taste, the bouquet, or simply the wine drinking experience itself can elicit a memory of a special time or place. Underneath every cork tells a story of the vineyard, the grape, and the people buying each and every bottle. Ten years ago, I turned a hobby into a career. I have traveled all across the globe and tasted thousands of wines along the way, meeting and getting to know some passionate winemakers and vintners. This show is about translating my love of wine and sharing the stories from interesting people in the wine trade while sharing a few laughs, aka uncorking the lighter side of wine. This is the Cork and Taylor Wine Podcast, unedited, unscripted, and always good to the last drop. So pour yourself a big glass, take a seat, and let's talk some wine, or better yet, sorry mom, let's talk some shit. Welcome to the Cork and Taylor Podcast, brought to you by the Alan Thomas Group, an insurance leader specialized in working with wineries, breweries, and restaurants throughout the United States. Hello, I am Luke Taylor. And I am going to talk about one of my favorite topics in the world, how to build a wine cellar. I would think I have some, I would think I have some expertise. First, I'm in the wine industry and two, I've been collecting wine probably now for 20, about 22 years or so, 20 to 22 years. It all started um, living in Chicago. Uh, going to grad school, coaching the men's tennis team at DePaul University, Go Demons. I would frequent, well, actually it all started. We went to Europe, my best friend, Mike Wilson, and I, who's a very well um, renowned, regarded, maybe not renowned, regarded uh, chef. Uh, my guy, we went for six weeks to um, France, Italy, and Switzerland uh, after we graduated college. And um, we would have a glass at dinner and then became uh, half a bottle each and then a bottle bottle each. And, um, I, I don't really know what we were drinking, um, especially in Italy, but, uh, it was all great stuff. So then, uh, worked in television for a little bit and, uh, then went back to grad school at uh, DePaul and, uh, stumbled on, uh, Sam's wine emporium, which is now I believe Binnie's and Binnie's had a great selection too. And I would just go in and, uh, you know, try some different stuff. A lot of the stuff I bought, not really doing any research, just kind of seeing uh, prices and what have you. And uh, I'll never forget, I bought a bottle of 2004 Don Melchor by Conciator. And um, I think I bought two bottles. I can't remember how much I paid, but that was pretty much uh, my expensive uh, realm. But so the big thing with a wine cellar, so I've built uh, two wine cellars personally. I have two, uh, one in my first house and then uh, uh, my, my current one, which if you join our Patreon site, uh, www.patreon.com uh, backslash whatever it is, Cork and Taylor, uh, I'm going to do a little episode from there, kind of give you a tour, a personal tour of the uh, Luke Taylor, um, Cork and Taylor uh, wine cellar. It's pretty awesome. I love it. So first of all, you got to find a space. Are you going to put it in a basement? Are you going to put it in a closet? Um, are you going to buy, uh, some of these, uh, like whisper cool, um, different refrigerators, uh, or temperature controlled, uh, I guess storage units, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, what are you going to do? So that's a big thing, uh, for people that don't have basements like the West coast, 
uh, people that live in cities, you know, um, the uh, refrigerators are great. Uh, the only problem, I've had one of those, which uh, we still have, and <laughs> it's kind of just holding some stuff up in the basement behind the bar, but it doesn't even work, is you got to be careful because um, I don't know how reliable they are. Uh, a buddy of mine had, uh, I think, a 100 bottle or 200 bottle, and something broke within the first year, maybe two years. Um, but they're great. You know, if you need, if you want to display them like that, you can get anything from, I think, 10 bottle to a couple hundred bottles. You know, they range anywhere, I think, from three, four hundred bucks to a couple thousand. So if that's, if you're kind of limited in space, that's a great way. Uh, you can always put in a closet. I had a cousin uh, who lives in California. She would kind of made a makeshift cellar out of her, um, one of her closets. Uh, I personally, if you have a basement, put it in the basement. Um, you know, cool, uh, try to find a cool, um, dark place. Uh, I, my first seller, I had, um, temperature controlled, um, a unit come going through the wall that broke within the first, I think year and a half to two years. And it pretty much, I mean, I didn't pay a lot of money. I think I paid 800 bucks and, um, they couldn't sell me the part. So it pretty much came down to, I just would have to buy a whole new unit. It might've been a little bit more than that. So those units range anywhere from, let's say, I don't even know if you can get them as cheap as 800 bucks, but you know, they can be low thousand to, you know, a lot of money. So depends on what you, what you want to do. Um, I know one of the Mandavis, I don't know if it was Tim Mandavi. He was, he has a beautiful seller. One of them has it. it. I know it's not Robert, but one of his kids and, um, it's not temperature controlled. If I remember correctly, my current seller I have right now is not temperature controlled. I've had no issues. It's actually, uh, underneath the concrete slab of our um, porch, front porch in the front of the house. Well, front porch would be in the front of the house, wouldn't it? So that's the big thing. So, uh, you know, not to knock uh, temperature controls and stuff like that. I think if you can keep the um, temperature consistent, um, you should be okay. The next thing you need to, and I guess the first thing you need to do is before finding a space is let's be honest is set a budget you can get really crazy um really quickly some of these uh so on both uh wine cellars uh my dad actually built uh, a lot of the um racking and then good friend of mine who does great stuff uh gary haley uh aka paul revere because he's from massachusetts and my kids used to love reading Paul Revere book for some reason. But anyway, he built uh, part of it too in my new cellar. So, and then actually my brother-in-law and I built another rack. So it's really easy. It's a lot of fun. It's not that difficult. It's just time consuming, but uh, it's a lot of fun. And, and, you know, it's, I guess, something to do. You can always buy the units, the wood, uh, the wood units, which those aren't ridiculous uh, either. Um, anywhere from probably a couple hundred bucks. Um, and it, you can, you know, go to any extreme. The nice thing is if you build it yourself, you can build it to how many bottles you want to have. So you've got the idea of what you want to do. How many bottles should you, you have? I mean, if money's no option, then you can go crazy. But even if it, money is no option, I would say the rule of thumb I always use with wine sellers collecting wine, uh, wine is how many bottles do you drink a week? So, for me right now, it might only be one bottle a week. I know that's pretty pathetic. Don't laugh at me. But what I will tell you, if you have, let's say, um, uh, like a 10-year drinking window, I actually asked uh, a couple people. Uh, Chris Corley was one of them. 
and uh, Michael Keenan about how they determine when you look at wines like the drinking window. So let's say it's a 2015 cab. The drinking window is, let's say, 2018 to 2035. So Michael Keenan said, we have 43 vintages worth of data, so we have a lot of data. He says his favorite window is about 8 to 20 years uh, old for the Reds and about 2 to 10 years for Chardonnays. He said the Reds will go a lot longer, and he said he did an amazing uh, vertical on Halloween, uh, 1977 to 1982 Cabernet and 2001 to 2005 Mernay, which is his 50% Mer- uh, Merlot, 50% Cabernet Sauvignon. He said the 79 to 82 year um, uh, vintages of the Cabernet were f- terrific. So. Um, you know, you definitely want to be able to space out. And I guess that's kind of my, uh, the next topic, but we'll go to that in a second. Uh, so if, if you on average only drink one bottle a week, let's say, and let's say you're drinking on a 10 year, uh, cycle. So, uh, if I'm only drinking one bottle a week, um, times 52 weeks, that's 52 times 10. In essence, I could have a 520 bottle seller. Okay. Now, if you drink 10 bottles a week, which fantastic, you could have a 5,000, easily a 5,000 bottle seller. The, the thing is, you know, you have to decide what your budget is. So if I, if I have a five, 500 bottle, bottle seller, I can't speak. I need to drink some wine. Let's drink some wine. If I have a $500, 500 bottle seller, and let's say my average buy is $50. So I would essence have about $25,000 in my basement. So what are you comfortable doing? Uh, I would tell you my wine cellar currently can do, God, I don't even know, maybe 700 bottles, maybe 800 bottles. I probably only have maybe like 300 right now, 250 to 300. So what happened with me is when I first started, I just bought stuff and You know, you need to start, this kind of goes into our next section of you need to try different stuff. I mean, you could do all the research and you can, you know, read the magazines and all this stuff. Try before you buy. Because here's the thing. I have bought and stuff and got, you know, good points or had a nice wine box. I bought it because of the wine box is French uh, for about 50 bucks a bottle. And I bought six bottles and I don't know how good they are. I'm sure they're good, but I haven't had one. Uh, I always try to buy in threes because, you know, I'll drink one um, sooner or, you know, within that window. And then the other two, if I really like it, I've got two more. The problem is if you buy one and you're like, oh man, I wish I I had more than that. The one good thing is if you buy wine and you buy it without someone's, either someone's recommendation or what have you, and you don't like it, at least you you only had one bottle. So decide what you're, how you're going to buy. You're going to buy three bottles, six bottles, a case. I rarely buy cases. Uh, I'm in that three to six. There's so much good wine out there. Also, you have to have a nice mix of vintages. So I also talked to Chris Corley, who's uh, Monticello Corley in uh, Yonville. And he says, I said, you know, how do you do, 
you know, the windows. And he says, you know, they're able to drink, uh, determine the drinking windows for the Corley and Monticello wines pretty accurately because they've been working with their own estate vineyards year after year and have set 50 years history of actually seeing how the wines develop and the bell curve of tastiness that they go through as they age, improve, peak, plateau, decline. After decades of tasting our wines in every imaginable phase of aging, they get a good develop a good idea of how uh, each individual wine will go or are going to develop over the years. So I think that's really interesting to say the least. So you know, you now you can kind of understand drinking windows, and I think you have to nice have a nice balance of uh, vintages and, and prices too. So you know, maybe what you do is um, I I had a friend that just went out to Napa who's probably going to listen. So shout out to Laura and uh, Nevin Nussbaum. He bought a lot of wine. And, um, you know, the thing is with them, they drink a lot and they entertain probably not as much or, or any because of the what's going on in the world. But, you know, they can easily have a large seller. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, so let's say he bought 10 cases and I'm, I bet you he bought more than that. So that's 120 bottles. I mean, for them, they probably drink that over a couple of years. So what happened with me, we went out to Napa. Um, we actually got a, a gauge, uh, Melissa and I out in Napa uh, in 2004. So we went out and for some reason I was hot and heavy on Merlot. So I feel like I bought every Merlot uh, imaginable. And the problem with Merlots is they just they just don't age like a Cabernet or a big you know uh, tannic red blend or, or or some like some well and, and I shouldn't say that Merlots do age because Petrus is a hundred percent Merlot. Some of these um, is Petrus Petrus is yeah hundred percent Merlot. Some of these Bordeaux, I mean these can age forever. I will say Napa Merlots don't age like a Bordeaux Merlot. So <clears throat> you know we bought a ton of Merlots. And they just, they, they didn't last. I mean, seven, eight years, maybe 10. So you really want to be uh, cognizant of, um, and I've done, a, I think, a better job of, uh, of this, is really looking at drinking windows. Because right now, I've got like 50, at least like 30 to 40 bottles that are past its prime according to Seller Tracker. We're going to talk about Seller Tracker and keeping track of your inventory in a second. But so I've got 30 to 40 in in essence, not everything. I've had a couple other. I've had a couple wines in that, like that are done. I guess in their drinking window, or end of their drinking window, that have just they're not very good. They're just shot. So, and you don't want to spend money, and then you just kind of lose it. So, really focus on, um, you know, really focus and and look at that to see, you know, what you're buying, and um, you know what you're looking at, and and really kind of develop a strategy. So. You know, if you're maybe drinking a bottle, maybe, you know, maybe replenish it. So, you know, start trying different wines, go to wine tastings, uh, you know, local wine shops are fantastic. Um, you know, a lot of the local wine shops, wherever you are, I live in the Akron area. We have some great local wine shops, Regency 750 times two. You know, there's there's a ton in Cleveland, the wine spot, you know, Colonial uh, old wine cellar. Um, you know, I, I know I'm missing people. So there's a ton of, you know, great uh, wine shops that are really knowledgeable. And, and a lot of these wines or all of these wines they've tasted for the most part. So you can get a sense of, you know, maybe you, you, you partner up, not partner up, but you get to know one of them and they understand what you like. And the big thing is go to tastings. Like, don't be afraid to taste different things. 
Um, and also don't buy because of points or what someone says about it. Buy it. And that's why I say buy it and try it because you like it and it's something that you're going to appreciate. And I think the small boutiques, uh, wineries have some great stories and, and really have some great passion. So you definitely want to try the wines that you're going to put in your cellar because you don't want to show someone wine. It's like, well, have you ever had it? It's like, no, I've just aged it for 10 years. I've never had it before in my life. So that's, that's a big thing. So um, let's just take a quick break and uh, thank uh, the Alan Thomas Group. Uh, since 2003, our goal at the Alan Thomas Group is to help you understand the risks with running your business and how to best protect yourself, your families, and your employees. Our team of associates are equipped with expertise and have the knowledge to design an insurance program with your needs in mind. I personally know because I use and trust the Alan Thomas Group with my insurance needs. Great people who will do what is best for you. Hey, they also specialize in working with wineries, breweries, and restaurants throughout the United States too. Let's be honest. I actually wrote this part. Insurance just sucks. But the Allen Thomas Group makes it easier for you and they are the best. Contact them at 440-826-3676 or at www.allenthomasgroup.com. That's two L's in Allen and an E. And why do I always say that? My dad is Allen and my parents live on Allen Street two L's and an E. My dad spells his name, Alan, with two L's and an A. So so let's get back at it. So how are you going to keep track of it? I want you to think about that. Are you going to use an Excel, Excel spreadsheet? What, what are you going to do? Are you just going to put it in there and, and just kind of look around and stuff like that? Years ago, when I first started, uh, Seller Tracker is a great one. It has an app. Uh, it's free. Um, I still have not donated uh, <laughs> to Seller Tracker, so I apologize to the um, founders of it and whoever owns it or runs it. Um, I probably need to, but maybe if I give them a plug right now, Seller Tracker uh, is what I use and I love, and I'm seeing more people use that. I know there's other um, different uh, ways to to track it. You can do, like I said, the Excel spreadsheet. You can do a Word document, but I think having the phone, there's scanning systems too. It, it depends on how much you want to spend. So, I like Seller Tracker because it has an app. Um, you can actually see other people's sellers if it's public. You, they give you drinking windows. Uh, for the most part, I would say 90% of the wines I've ever put in has given me a pretty good drinking window. So I would tell you, you need to track your wines, especially if you're going to have, you know, 100, 150, 200 and and, and, and and up from that. And I think it'll also give you an, an idea of when you're tracking your wines and what you have in inventory, you can see what you maybe have holes like, um, you know, uh, and it also tells you, you know, you, you can put an end date and they can, you know, that's how I can tell I have 35 to 40 wines or 50 wines or whatever it is that I need to drink uh, sooner than later. But definitely want to keep track of your wine uh, collection. I will tell you when I first started collecting, I was big into French, Italian, a Spanish, uh, even some Australian. I will tell you now my cellar has evolved and as everything in life, your palate is going to change and evolves. And um, I would tell you I am very Napa um, focused now, uh, probably because of what I do owning a wine distributorship and then obviously being out to Napa probably 20 plus uh, times, if not more, uh, with the Cork and Taylor. We have a travel arm to this podcast, believe it or not. And so... I'm more Napa focused, uh, but I do love, and I, and I think what's gone down for me is Italian wines. I love Italian wines. Uh, I sell Italian wines, but I would tell you it's more Cal, uh, California cab, California red blends. Um, 
Zinfandels too, just because uh, relationships and, you know, I, some of these people, I sell their wine, some I don't, but I've always, you know, always enjoyed them. I mean, I've gone, I love Jordan, uh, Larkmead, uh, Frank, I have some Frank family. I have some uh, Blackbird. I have obviously Keenan, Corley, Matera, Lair, Neil, uh, Honada. You know, there's something just trying to go through the, my mental uh, chimney rock. Uh, I've got some old Napa Nook, which is drinking. I've got some 07 and 08. I even have some silver oak from back in the day, which 02, 03, 04, Alexander Valley, it needs to be, uh, I need to drink that sooner than later. Um, French, I love French, um, Bordeaux uh, in particular. I think there's some great uh, affordable, uh, you know, if you want to spend about a hundred bucks, uh, about Lynch, Lynch Bosch, which is delicious for, I don't even know what it is anymore. Some brain Cantonac, some Cantonac Brown. I mean, there is a lot of, uh, Lays Combs, Chateau Lays Combs, uh, Domaine Chevalier. I mean, there's a ton of different wines that you can get for 50, 60, 70 bucks, 80 bucks. The only thing I don't like about French wines is a lot of them are, you've got a, um, what are they called? Like pre, they pre-sell. What is it called? Crap. You know I'm going to remember after I get off the, the air and I'm, I'm not going to remember it. Premier. No. You have to buy ahead. So, uh, you know, you're you're kind of giving them your money uh, ahead of time. But, you know, kind of when you're building a seller, why are you building it? Are you building it to invest and eventually sell? Then you need to go above and beyond. You need to have the temperature control. You need to have the right space. You need to have the inventory management if you're trying to sell and make money. If you're um, what I like to call the working man seller, which is mine per se, because it's a lot of the people that I work with. Are you doing it for show? Are you doing it just to say, hey, I've got this, this, and that? Uh, You know, uh, I think it's what your comfort level is. I personally, uh, pretty much all the wines that I buy now or put in there, it's, there's some sort of connection. When I went out in uh, May for the, uh, this podcast, um, you know, Tor Kenward was, uh, gave me some wines to, to take back. And I mean, that's going to be in the cellar and he's just an awesome guy. Same with, uh, pretty much all, all the different people I met with. So, you know, and, and, and try to mix it up, try some different, try, try to mix it up. You know, I haven't bought really any Italian the last couple of years, any French. I kind of want to get some more, um, some more, uh, you know, French, um, even if it's just one or two bottles. I know I say I usually buy in threes, but I think just to give some diversity and what have you, I think it's, um, it, it's fun to, fun to, you know, maybe mix it up because I think also too, when you're, when you're enjoying, uh, different wines, I think it's fun if you do get a couple of, uh, different, uh, wineries from, uh, different areas. So, you know, you could also do verticals, uh, where you accumulate maybe four to 10 vintages of the same wine. Uh, maybe you do a, you know, a vertical of Corley or Keenan or Tor Kenward or what have you, and you buy, you know, one bottle of each and just kind of see, how they all evolve and taste and what have you. Another thing you can do a horizontal tasting, which is kind of like I was talking about with um, Bordeaux, is you know explore one wine type or one region, and uh, just buy kind of a whole bunch from 
um, that or, you know, uh, or try, you know, Shiraz from Australia's Barossa, McLaren Vale or Clare Valley or, you know, what have you. Or, you know, maybe you buy uh, Cabernet from, you know, different regions in Napa. So maybe you buy, you know, Howell Mountain, uh, Spring Mountain, uh, Calistoga, you know, Yauntville Cab, uh, you know, Rutherford Cab. Um, I don't know if I said Oakville or not. <clears throat> Stag's Leap, you know, you buy those different areas or, um, you know, just, you just have to mix it up, I think. And the best thing about a seller, it furthers our knowledge of wine. And I mean, you just buy what you like, store what you like. So, um, good luck. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think it's always, it's always fun when you have a seller and you meet someone that has a seller and you can talk about different things. And wine is such a great thing where you can share you know, you can share the stories of, hey, I went to Napa in 2005 and this is what I tasted and this is what I, I, I loved. And and I will tell you the every time I try, go to Napa for the most part um, is I try to spend a day and maybe go to two or three different places. Maybe I don't work with or don't know and try and, and you know, I'll buy some stuff being in the trade and what have you. So because uh, I think it's really that wine tells a story and I think our wine sellers tell a story. So tell your story in that wine cellar and and uh, be proud of it. And don't be ashamed if, you know, if if your wine cellar is filled with $30 bottle of wine, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want to spend, I mean, because at a certain point it gets, you know, um, it can get pretty expensive, but you know, buy, um, I haven't bought a lot just because one, I'm around it all the time, I think, but two, I have three kids and it's like, well, do I put the money in the wine cellar, which I'm going to drink and eventually pee out or do I put it in their college fund? So, uh, hopefully that helps. Um, you need any advice or help? Um, I should start consulting. Yeah. Cork and Taylor wine consultancy. There you go. Uh, I'll be fair and be nice. So yeah, if you've got any, um, need any guidance or help, uh, shoot me an email at lukejtaylor at corkandtaylor.com. Um, and, uh, you know, thanks so much to uh, Joe and Lauren at the Alan Thomas Group. I hope you support them like they support us. I always thank you for listening. Uh, definitely, if you listen on the Apple uh, platform, please give us a five-star um, five-star review. If it's less than that, please do not post it. I appreciate that. Uh, support us. Uh, you know, I do all this pretty much out of pocket. Uh, definitely uh, the Alan Thomas group helps, but if you don't mind supporting us, uh, Patreon's a great site. We've got some bonus stuff. I need to update that obviously, but I appreciate for living, uh, living. I appreciate you for living. Let's be honest. I appreciate you for listening and, uh, Hey, good luck with the wine cellar and, uh, keep drinking the good stuff. <laughs>